It is Monday daily delivery time. I'm Michael Rand, Patrick Royce here as well. Got a bunch of things to get to, Patrick. We're going to get to baseball because this is deadline day or the self-imposed deadline day, but I don't want to start with baseball because I'm kind of kind of bored with uh, kind of bored with those all those idiots trying to figure out how they're going to divide up the money. I'd rather start Patrick with hockey, Gophers men's hockey and just what a interesting story this has turned into. I mean, you you have, you know, a month or two ago, you you've got goalie Jack LaFontaine leaving in the middle of the year, you know, on very very short notice to go to Carolina. Uh you lose a bunch of guys to the uh, the Olympic team. And it looks like a, a, you know, an encouraging season, a, a nice season is going to go in the tank. And next thing you know, they, they seems like they can't lose a clobber, absolutely clobber Wisconsin this weekend, shut them out twice. And they are the big 10 champs and carry a lot of momentum into, uh, into this thing. And you, you did a piece not too long ago on their goalie, uh, Justin close. What, uh, what, what do you, what do you make of all this? What does Bob Mosco make of all this? Uh, I think he's uh, as happy as he can get. Yeah, they uh, January they they swept Michigan State in early January, which is not a tip, difficult feat these days. They're the worst team in the Big Ten. And on Sunday morning, uh, he gets uh, they they sweep Michigan State on Sunday morning about noon. He gets a call from uh, from Lafontaine telling him Motzko that. He's going to go sign with the Carolina Hurricanes. And the, the Carolina Hurricanes gave Botsko no heads up that this was going on at all. There was no, no, you know, this just came out of the blue. And LaFontaine, in his defense, I guess, he was not lighting it up this year. You know, he was last year, he was the Mike Richter award winner and all that stuff. He was not playing quite as well this year. And if he got to the end of the season, yes, he might not even gotten a contract. So now they call up him and his agent and gave him a decent amount of money and basically said, you better come now. This is your best chance to play. Cause they had uh, what three goalies in both in, in uh, the May in the NHL and then in the AHL hurt. And so he signs and uh, you know, I was over there I think on Tuesday they had the media day. Yeah. Tuesday I was over there and Motzko was trying to shrug it off and, uh, you know, trying to assure us that uh, Justin Close could do the job. Justin Close had been here three, two and a half seasons and played in relief in four games, basically. Uh, So that was it. And I, I guess he'd played the uh, two exhibitions against St. Thomas and against uh, the under 18 team, the 18 and under team from the U.S. US team. So he'd all, but, at, you know, that said, as confident as they were with close, they had this kid playing in the uh, NHL, I think, uh, some team in Ohio or someplace junior team who was coming in next year and who's basically their future goalie Bartoskowitz or something. And they 18 year old kid playing there, they brought him in because they were, they had no idea. A, they didn't have another goalie, but B they brought that kid in in case close did not start off. uh, You know, did not look like he could do the job. And then remember that first weekend, 
that they split with Alaska, right. which was down here. Alaska was down here, and I looked up his second game, and he had like they gave up three goals, and he had these twelve saves or something, right? So. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't think there was a much reason for great optimism, especially knowing that you were going to lose three Olympians in three weeks. Right. So uh, Correct. Ben Meyer is your best player you've had in a while and uh, two other Canise uh, and uh, Faber. And uh, so, yeah, it looked very pessimistic. They split with Notre Dame and they split with Michigan, which isn't bad because they basically, except for when they got to play Michigan State and splitting all their series, right? They'd win yeah. on Friday, lose on Saturday. Yes, that has been their MO this year. And, and since then, then they got to play Michigan State again. Always a, always good. And they went down there and won twice, and they haven't lost since. They've won eight in a row. They're eight in a row, which in modern hockey in the well-balanced leagues is pretty amazing. And they and closest numbers way better than LaFontaine's are during that period. And now this weekend, two straight shutouts for him against a bad Wisconsin team, but two straight shutouts. Uh, and I think he had 26 or seven saves in one of those, right? I mean, he had, uh, I, I talked to him for maybe 20 minutes on, uh, was it uh, Tuesday, I guess, again this week? Uh, really a calm, calm kid. You know, goalies are, they're like, I, I don't know what are the, what's the place kickers, right? I mean, sure. they're, they're, a lot of them are weird, man. Cause they're all, you know, they, they do their own thing. They're separate from, but this guy's the most level headed uh, kid you could want. He's from someplace up in uh, Saskatchewan, Kindersley or something. I asked him where it was and he was explaining it. And he said, well, we're, he's kind of a, He's a wry character. He's not a smart aleck, but he's kind of funny. And he said, yeah, it's, it, we're, we're directly two hours south of Turtle Ford, which has a statue of the biggest turtle in Canada. And uh, Ernie, the biggest turtle, if you're looking for <laughs> Kindersley. So, I mean, he, so he was, uh, you know, having fun with that. But they, he basically played junior in his hometown, and that's Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, which is the worst of the Canadian junior hockey leagues, basically. Okay. And uh, that's, you know, been the Kindersley Clippers, town of 4,500 that has a, a junior team that plays in that league. So, uh, anyway, he's a, he's a they, they, they got full confidence this guy can win them the NCAA title now, though. I mean, they apparently all love the guy. And, uh, He's like, like hockey teams tendency to have, they got six of them living in one of those old houses over there. On oh, campus. Yeah. And he said, it isn't bad. He said, uh, you got some mice problems and we've had a few bats. He said, but it's not bad. We don't have any big rats or anything, you know, <laughs> but it's one of those, you know, it, more and more the college campuses are getting the new dorms. Oh and yeah. The, and the, the, the U thing. has, the U has a ton of those apartments now. I'm surprised that the hockey players still have one of those houses. Yeah. Well, I think they, I think it's hockey, man. You know, I don't think you, you, you hygiene is not their number one. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I mean, you, you've been in a hockey locker room. Yeah. Hockey lose, you know, that you get used to stink, right? You yes. get used to it. Not smelling good. If you're in the hockey locker room. So, uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's a great, and of course, with what Bob went through last summer with yeah. his son, it's just a you don't you know it's just always there in the background. And if they could if they could win it, uh, it would be really a great year for that to happen. Because I'm I'm 
known Moscow pretty well since he was up in St. Cloud and, uh, and he's a really good guy and, uh, he can coach. I always thought that, uh, that, I mean, he, he got the most out of his team and then they, they were like Mankato for a long time. They couldn't do anything in the tournament you know, they'd get like bounced out when they made it to the tournament. But, uh, uh, you know, he, he put that, you know, he made that a national power program, St. Cloud State, and he's got the Gophers back, and uh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna be a tough out this year. There's no doubt because Ben Myers is just playing great. He's yeah. just he's gonna get rich. That kid, he's uh, you know a free agent. He's oh yeah, the- those college free agents. That's a better deal sometimes. Oh yeah, he's gonna have 15 teams trying to sign him because they rugged forward. They who can skate and score goals and. He's the modern rugged guy, you know, because you don't, they got to, you don't have the goon anymore. He's just the tough guy. You got to, you got to be able to score goals too. And he can do that. I went out and saw him at, in high school when he was about a junior. I went out to do a piece on uh, Delano, this basketball town. And one of those old, you know, towns that didn't even know hockey existed. Yeah. And they've turned into a, uh, a, a power and I remember I went out there and saw them play and do a piece on him and he was they were I don't know he might have been a junior then and they were uh, they were raving about him then and they were right take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming fun restaurants and bars and luxurious hotel rooms and join Club M to bask in the rewards follow the lights to Mystic Lake where every day is play day I was looking up close as stats as long as we were talking about him you're right he's by 14 starts this year 11 wins three losses 933 save percentage and 1.73 goals against and obviously that's helped by two shutouts over the weekend and two shutouts over wisconsin certainly made gophers hockey fans feel good obviously clinched the big 10 title over the weekend yeah i mean it's you know Anytime you get, anytime, you, anytime you get that hot, you kind of wonder if you can sustain it in the postseason. But man, it's, it's a good team right now. It's no doubt about it. Hey, Mike, they claimed a crowd of ten thousand too on uh, on Saturday night, and even if they were lying uh, by a thousand or so, that's the biggest crowd they've had yes. in there in a long time. Uh, maybe since maybe they had a North Dakota game somewhere that they came down for a non-conference game. But, you know, you've bought for years, we've turned that on and seen, seen the place half full. And uh, I, I didn't watch much of it, but I saw, uh, I think Randy Johnson covered it for us and he called it a raucous crowd. Raucous. So, uh, wow. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty dang. Uh, that's, that's, that's good too. That that would really help if people would start going to their games again, because it's, uh, it's been one of the most phenomenal stories of the last 10, 12 years, the way gopher hockey is kind of, I mean, gopher hockey was always had a huge cult of fans. And when they got in the, we used to, you know, both newspapers went on the road with them, traveled with them and, uh, They've, they've kind of fallen off the, the radar uh, dramatically here in the last seven, eight years. And uh, and uh, this would be, a, you know, to win it again and to uh, start filling up the arena again would be pretty good. Now they have to sit around and is it a good, is it good they don't have to play this weekend or bad if you get the bye? I guess it's always good, but. Uh, it's usually good. You know, uh, all the other teams, uh, you know, get to play at least two games this weekend and, uh and, uh, you know, guys can get hurt and all that. So I guess it's good to have a week off, but 
hockey's got the most screwed up schedule in the world. Anyway, they start in early October for no reason. And then they take three weeks off in the middle of December. Right. Right. They only take off. Yeah. It's stupid. They got, I did a thing. Their season to between the start of the season, when they crown their champion is like 30 days longer than any of the other winter seasons. It's huh. just stupid. It's uh I don't know why they feel like they have to start so early. I, I don't get it. I know, you know, they, that is odd. Well, a, a few years ago when Duluth uh, was putting up one of its banners, they had the Gophers up there for just a one game for them. Yeah. That game. And the Gophers hadn't practiced yet. Basically <laughs> they had one practice. They were starting so early playing games. It was I don't get it. It's uh, it's a long, drawn out season, and then ESPN wanted them to push back the Frozen Four for TV purposes, so they wouldn't be on against the basketball. So now they, you know, now the the final, the Frozen Four is always uh, a week after the NCAA tournament. It used to be the same weekend or even a weekend earlier. So yeah, it usually winds up in what amounts to almost mid-April now, which is yeah. I, I, this year, this year, I think the it's a little earlier. April falls is like April eighth and tenth or so. That's a, that's a six month season. That's it's essentially yeah. a, it's a six month season. To me, yeah, really weird. Yeah, but uh, uh, good luck to the Gophers. It's uh, it's a really a great story. And also last week, this Logan Cooley, yeah, is he's a number one U.S. player. Yeah, saw that draft, and he changed his commitment from uh, Notre Dame to yes. the Gophers. So, uh, yeah, that was that's of course one you can't talk about i don't think because he had maybe did he sign already i i don't, I don't know if it was a, if he flipped he probably hasn't signed yet i don't know about yeah, that but yeah, I, I, they weren't talking i know i know that uh the moscow was not in a situation to talk about him yet so because he hadn't signed yet right isn't it great that the uh ncaa will uh let you pay players for their likeness and image and they'll let you do all this other stuff but if a kid commits to you, you can't say anything about right. it because it's an illegal recruiting incentive. You can't. The coach is not permitted to say, "Boy, we're really happy we got a commitment from Bill." You know. No, <laughs> although they, they've loosened it up a little bit on social media now, because it looks like you know every time someone commits, there's some kind of a uh, you know big from pre- the university. Yeah, it's it's kind of blurry because it's it's got a lot of the logoing on it. You know who made it? That's for sure. I mean, let's maybe it was a third party, but it's it's interesting in that regard. Yeah. Well, anyway, the uh, NCAA has got some serious problems. <laughs> they yeah. might as well they might as well just say, you know, they're we're going to take a hard look at the uh, <laughs> any uh, the the NAIL uh, thing. Uh, NIL, yeah. This NIL to see if it's. Uh, if it's affecting recruiting, okay, boys, you do that way. Yeah. Why don't you go over there for a while? Why don't you, why don't you go over there and not come back? Speak. Because yeah. yeah. UConn promises not to mention that Paige Bukers is making $250,000 a year to right. play here. And if she was playing anybody else, she'd be making $42. So, okay. So that's okay. We'll, we'll do that. By the way, Paige is back. I saw that. I, yeah. I want Iowa and Connecticut. Yes. UConn. To make the frozen to make the final the four semis yeah. play in the semis so we can see Caitlin Clark against yes. uh, Buke Beckers. That would be something. Yes. And that, that is be- here. And that's not that long from now. It's about a month away, right? 
Yes, April, same, uh, I think, what, uh, the same weekend as the men, right? Yeah, so it's just what the women's, did they still play Sunday, Tuesday, or they play Friday, Sunday now? They might play Friday, Sunday now. Yeah, something I'm like that. Sure. But yeah, that'll be, we'll, we'll play that big up. Yeah, I was down in Iowa. Iowa, amazing. It's the, it's the mecca of girl, of women's basketball, because the Iowa State, has the they're gonna have two of the five all Americans that are gonna be Iowa, Iowa born, you know, yeah. Iowa, Iowa products. And the Iowa State actually beat Iowa this year. And Iowa State's gonna probably end up tying for the big eight title too. They're tied with Baylor. They play Baylor tonight. And uh the the Hawkeyes filled up their arena Sunday for that game. Clobber Michigan, they, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're going to have Hilton Coliseum full tonight for nice. the women's basketball too for uh, Iowa State versus Baylor. So it's uh, yeah, it's a bigger event than it was when it was here uh, twenty seven years ago. That's for sure. The women's fine. Gophers might play Iowa in the Big Ten tournament too if they beat. I think if they beat Northwestern in the first round, I think Iowa would be their second round opponent. They avoided that. Uh, they avoided the having to play in the earlier. Uh, <laughs> 11 through 14 by beating, uh, was it Penn state the other day? I think it was. So there. Well, and must walk in that locker room before every game and say, well, what do you got for me today? Girl, <laughs> are you going to shoot 23% or 53%? Which is <laughs> this, no you're right. There's, There's not no a lot of middle ground. 90. There is there. They get 90 yesterday. That's two games worth. Some of the time they, yeah. can, they can play as rotten as it's possible to play. And then they play pretty good. So, yeah, uh, but of course she's supposedly got a good recruiting class coming in. So yes. maybe things will change and uh, we'll start going to women's basketball games again. The crowds have been pretty, 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 pretty yes. pulpy over there. By the way, let me say something about crowds. Okay. Uh, uh, just off the beaten path. Did you Perfect. see, we, we, we still have the women, the girls hockey tournament being played at uh, XL energy center so they can have that experience. And, you know, there was a, a crowd big enough to fill reader for the double A on uh, Saturday. But I believe they said the women's, the attendance for the A game between the two northern schools was 607. Is, yes. that, is that really a, a fine? Wouldn't you rather be in, I mean, you don't have the nice scoreboard. Wouldn't you rather be in Ritter and have the place full and loud and jumping around? We had the lawsuit, I know, so they didn't. Right. They had to change, but uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's sexist to play in an arena that'll be jammed. I was up to, I was up to the St. John's game Friday night, and they had to move it to the St. Benedict's gym, the little bit. You ever been in that gym? No, Great little gym. Uh-uh. Eleven hundred people. It sits down in a valley, basically, and that place was loud, man, because yeah. it was small and full. So. Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes uh, you'd rather have the atmosphere of the fans than actually a nicer scoreboard. But anyway, I agree with I, that. I agree with uh, that. I agree with I, that for I sure. I played the War Road uh, girls, by the way. Uh, Izzy Marvin, uh, the coach up there, uh, wins his. Uh, he's been coaching the girls for quite a while, and it's been the uh, you know the first uh, title he had since uh, ten years ago. So wow. they've had. Powerhouse program. Yes, they have. Girls hockey, though. You mentioned Whalen and the recruiting class coming in next year and how 
expectations will be raised. Maybe that's a good segue to talk about that program and the men's basketball team before we get to baseball. You had a good observation before we started recording, which was obviously this was kind of a a redshirt year for Ben Johnson, so to speak. You know, he had comes in, he's got no none of his players basically. He's got all these mid-major guys to fill out his roster. They get off to a surprisingly, shockingly good start, but then Big Ten play comes around and obviously comes back to uh, comes back to earth. They put up a good fight in a lot of these games. I think Sunday was a good kind of microcosm of that. They get way behind Indiana, but come, you know, come roaring back and you know, make it competitive at the end. Um, next year, though, um, even though it's just year two, moral victory season is is over, right? It's yep. it's uh, yep. next year. It's wins and losses. This year it was boy, did they play hard and uh, they fought mightily, and that uh, you know they got transfers from New Hampshire and uh, other places like you know William and Mary Lafayette and Bill and Mary and all those places, and uh, and uh, you know you know what is he got he had eight seniors yesterday. Yes. That's what people don't realize. This is a senior laden team they got four recruits signed well they need i don't know what the limit is but however many players you can bring in they got to bring in that many yeah right? they're gonna a whole bunch they more gotta, again they got, they got, you need 10 guys and uh you'll have two or three back right you'll have the big kid who's uh who's uh throws in a three once in a while and could guard me but uh you know the thompson kid and uh a battle obviously and, yeah, battle will be back, and I like him a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, they uh, there's a lot of work to do. And here next year, it's not uh, you know next year it's not oh man, what a fighting comeback! It's how the hell did you get 27 points behind? You know, so right. Uh, and it's uh, you know the it it doesn't last long. Mike, look at Gopher basketball since we sent send Clem home. Unbelievable! They've been in. Three NCAA tournaments in uh, in twenty right. No, they've been in six. Uh, no, four, four, four. Six. Four. They've been in six tournaments since then. They have three no, under no. three three under Tubby. Oh, Tubby, that's right. Three for Tubby. Yeah, three for Tubby. Right. One for Munson and two for Patino. And they won two games, right? They won two games. Patino won one, and uh, Tubby won one. Yes, that right. is correct. And yes, they've won two NCAA games. They've been in six tournaments. Yes. 23 years. I mean, yeah. well, last year they didn't have one. So 22 seasons, they wouldn't have made it, but, uh, right. uh, uh, or two seasons ago. Right. But, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's, we always talk about go for football. This has been as bad. This has been as bad. Go for basketball has been terrible for, for over two decades. And, uh, considering that all you have to do to be successful is finishing the top seven in the big 10 and go to the tournament, right? That's it. Everybody's yeah. like, ah, it was a tournament team. Uh, it's, uh, it's been brutal. It's been pathetic. And uh, the aging crowd that uh, followed them all those decades is uh, they got priced out of the place and they got old like me and they uh, stopped going to games and uh, they charged so damn much money for, for a, a new crowd to come in that uh, it's uh it's you know they're hurting they're hurting i think and he's he's got to win he's i mean it, not next year okay borderline ncaa middle of the conference that's fine but 
but uh, the you know it's not going to be hey uh, boy did we come close this time that's not the way that works you got to win games and uh, so next year they're gonna you know they're gonna end up there's a good chance they're gonna end up even after all these uh, oral victories a good chance they're gonna end up four and sixteen in the Big Ten so yes. they got two road games left so nothing you know there's a long haul to go to get to respectability again yes there is and you know I think there's been some good signs that he can coach this year so i don't think we you know when nobody's giving up on this i think there's a reason to be <clears throat> optimistic about you know some of the way the season transpired but i think your, your bigger point's a good one that there's no more of the people are not going to be satisfied with a cute little story next year that you know it, the it, the honeymoon ends pretty fast i think people will be behind Ben Johnson because I think he's an easy person to get behind if you're a fan. He's, you know, he's got the, it's his alma mater. He's got the right kind of energy, but the results will tell the story of the tenure as they always do. Yes. And uh, goodbye to Eric Curry as a player. Anyway, I believe this was Eric's third senior day. Was it not? (laughs) Eric, you know, her super, super senior injured and came back this year when he was going to coach and fought his rear end off with that against bigger guys. He was, you know, he was a forward. He wasn't a center right? and and play center all year against a a league with a lot of big guys in it. And he battled like crazy and he, you know, he sprained his ankle or something about what a month ago and he came back within two weeks and he just fought like crazy he was a noble character and he's got another year of eligibility but i think he was a very happy man uh yesterday that he could call it quits and uh I, i guess the one guy who uh who really boosted his stock to the point he's probably going to get a chance to at least play in europe or uh or uh the G start off in the G league, Peyton Willis. Oof, yeah. He, he was great yesterday in the second half. And uh, he's had some games where he got a little carried away, throwing up the ball and, and you know, he, he got a little goofy at times, but uh, you know, he was, he turned out to be a much better player than I ever thought he was. So yeah, if they would have had, they would have had one or two more players this year. They might've been a, f- a factor, a little bit more interesting. They just had, you know, no depth and just quite, not quite enough, skill when he got down to it no i mean they uh you know they had one guy who played uh, a few minutes uh will ramberg i wrote about him we got a he's a transfer from mcgill university in montreal <laughs> they were taking up you know they thought they were gonna get when when ben i heard this from a pretty good source that when ben got the job one thing he told them is he thought he could hit the transfer portal hard hard and get some of these Minnesota kids that he had a relationship with Dawson Garcia and some of these guys who were transferring and they didn't get any of those kids. I think those guys just looked and said, eh, I don't want to go there. If I'm going to, if I'm going to use a transfer year, one of my last two years, I'm going to go somewhere where I got a chance to win. So uh, I think they, 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 they thought they were going to do better in the transfer portal than they did last year. They didn't think they'd end up, you know, going to, as we said, these third level, uh, uh, division one programs, Yeah. you know, if I was the commissioner of the NCAA, I would uh, throw 150 teams out of division one and, uh, have a, have the FCS version of basketball. It's stupid to have these, you know, you got, you got conferences down there, like in North Carolina and places that 
the top half of the northern sun is just as good as you know some of these yes. division one conferences he just we got too many they got 350 some division one basketball programs it's ridiculous it's amazing yeah well let's finish up patrick talking about major league baseball i know it's your favorite subject i'm not going to wind you up to get you talking about all the problems but man we're we're down to deadline day today and it does not sound optimistic i don't think the owners care too much if they miss a few weeks of regular season games because it's not going to cost them any money at all but just a just a pretty sad situation that they barely no neither side has barely budged at all in these negotiations it doesn't sound like the rhetoric is being dialed down much either no, I heard, I was listening to the MLB network last night. I clipped over, flipped over there and I got Harold. Yeah. Harold, who's, uh, you know, easily one of the worst analysts that ever lived, but a nice enough guy. But Harold refuted his own theories about three different times as he does. That's kind of his system. He says one thing and then does another. They thought it was optimistic because no information was being given out. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I think the it's obviously a ploy by management to put more pressure on them of to say, start canceling games. We know dang well if they get if they get them back in two weeks, they might miss a week of games, but they'll end up paying them in full, right? That's going to end up being the, uh, the 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 solution here. But I heard some guys on the radio yesterday. I don't know which irreverent sports satellite station it was, but some guy was saying, "Manford would be happy if every season was sixty games. <laughs> if they just had sixty games and could just start the playoffs, because the only thing the networks care about is the playoffs, even though the ratings are no good, but." I, I think that, uh, you know, if he had his way, they'd play a 140 game season or something like, you know, that now some yes. of the, te- some of the teams wouldn't agree with them because they, you know, they like to, they still have a season ticket base and like to get that money in the bank, but uh, the Yankees and some of these teams, but uh, I don't know, Mike, they're, uh, it's, uh, you know, they, they, all they got to do is look at the coverage they get of this thing. People are even ignoring that they're not playing. Yes. You know, that they're not having spring training. And uh, I guess we all knew this was coming. And, uh, you know, it is the only league without a salary cap. So there's certain it negotiations are tougher uh, for sure because you don't have a salary cap. So, uh, you know, there there's no there's no limit. You can't put any limit on what the players are seeking, right? Like you can in in the other league. So, uh, you know, everybody wants to make uh, the management bad guys in this thing, but, uh, you know, there's got to be a little reality on the other side. And they're upset that salaries went down. Well, one, one of the reasons salaries went down is while all the analytics have screwed up the game in a, in a big way, They've also said the stupidest thing you can do is give a four-year, give a ten-year contract to Albert Pujols when he's thirty-two years old. Yes, those days are over, and you're never. You cannot negotiate a system that requires teams to give thirty-two-year-old players as much money as they used to give them when they weren't smart enough to know they're going to get worse. Right. Yes. Especially now that. 
allegedly they can't take steroids and PEDs <laughs> to maintain their career. So, uh, you know, that you can't change, you can't change management getting smarter about giving out contracts, right? You can't change Correct. That. So no, you can't. Yeah. Somehow, somehow the players want to want to change that and they're not going to baseball rosters are going to just are going to stay as young as they are now or maybe get a little younger so uh my friend clark griffith used to always be of the belief uh you know good baseball man always been of the belief 25 to 28 if you look historically the best players were were ages 25 to 28 and you know 30 31 32 some of them beat the age beater but not too many of them are still very productive at age 35, not as productive as they used to be. So that's yeah. the reality of the situation. Yeah. But the other thing they've done is devalued pitchers because they use 50 of them. So, you know, I mean, it's, you know, uh, we, we don't, we don't pay for those yeah, hey, we got to have a 13-man pitching staff. Well, you don't pay for four of those guys because you're going to have 20 of them have fill those four positions. Right. During here, you know, guy pitches three innings, he goes to the minor leagues. I got, uh, you know, so I, one of the big things that the management was talking about, I heard Harold and the fellas about two weeks ago bragging how what a great impact this would have on the game if they only let players have five options per season. <laughs> Which is amazing. How about, how about if you call somebody up, he has to stay for 10 days. Yes. And, yeah. you know, when you send them down, they have to stay in the minors for 10 days. How about when you call them up, they have to stay for 10 days. Yeah, make it just like the injured list. You know, make it yes. like that. If you come yeah. up, you got to stay up. If you go down, you got to stay down. And if you come up with some phony baloney injury, you still got to stay on the active list because you got to get these. You got to get them to stop bringing in endless pitchers which causes you to use eight pitchers a game. Now, now you got me on my rant again, so I better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well. the, use, the use of pitchers is the worst thing that's happened in this game. The use of pitchers, you know, you know Jack Morris would have went five and a third with these guys, you know, in, in game seven. That would have been, hey, we got to get you out of here, Jack. Yeah. You walk that guy. Third time through the order. Got to get him out. God, <clears throat> baby. So. Well, it's, it's not, it's not great. And it's, it's, you know, the, the, the game's got enough problems and, you know, I got I look ahead into the future too. I mean, tw the, they're lucky the TV contract goes as long as it does. The media contract, I think goes through 2028, but that next round of negotiations ah. is going to be interesting. That's where the hurt's really going to come in. I think, unless, unless the game, you know, makes a sort of rebound and looks like it's on the upswing again at that point. Uh, Christopher Ricey, Mr. Baseball, uh, and uh, my friend Phil Mackey and other guys, three yeah. balls, two strikes. They're on the three balls, two strikes wagon. You'd have to draw a line in baseball history and no record before this time. Would it, you'd have to have a whole new record book, right? Yes. You're changing the game so dramatically. But uh, I don't know. I'd say I'd like to see it experimented with maybe in double A or something like that. I'd do too. that more than I'd do that before a lot of the other things that get talked about. Yes. Well, like, that would be the simple solution, right? That would be the simplest solution. Three balls, two strikes. It would be lots of strikeouts, lots of walks, but you got those now and they wouldn't take as long. Yep. But the idea would be to get people to, to get pitchers to throw strikes and the hitters to swing at 
first strike. First get, pitches. Yeah. Yeah. Get the ball and get the game moving. That, you know, that would be, that would be a change for the ages, but it would be, uh, it's the simplest solution probably. I don't yeah. Know. I agree. Well, I don't think we're going to solve it right now. We're out of time. <laughs> anyway, we'll see what happens with major league baseball today and going forward, but yeah, not, uh, not great for them right now that people are wavering between apathy and mild anger at, uh, you yeah. know, there's still some hardcore people that are pretty upset that the season's going to probably be delayed, but fewer and fewer of them. Yes, that's true. All righty, sir. All right. Thank you, sir. We'll see you later.